This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. March has arrived and we are only weeks away from the big tournament. Yes, that tournament. So make sure you head to betonline.ag and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness contest that starts on March 15th. So whether it's the big tournament or whatever your passion might be, Josh and I, we're going to talk quite a bit about the Premier League. That's our passion. Just head to Bet Online. That's the place for all of your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, betonline.ag, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for your 50% sign-up bonus. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm feeling closer to you than ever, Joshua, both physically and emotionally. We're on this long London trip. We're sharing a microphone here in our Airbnb in Islington, not too far from the Emirates Stadium. So today's theme is going to be London, you know, among a few other FPL related things. Uh, how are we getting on so far during this trip? You and I personally, uh, good, I would say, overall. We didn't talk for like three hours yesterday. I think that was really the great thing for our friendship. Uh, we took a train back from uh, Manchester. To, yeah, we ended up, it was Manchester via Leeds. It was like the whole, the, we woke up uh, on Sunday morning. Uh, not, to, I don't want to get too much into root talk here. But uh, we woke up on uh, Sunday morning and our uh, uh, train was canceled. And so uh, kind of stressful to, to find this out uh, ahead of the Manchester Derby. But all worked out in the end. Uh, we, by hook or by crook, we had to stand at various points in our, you know, in trains to get here. But we got here or got there and got back. And it was a great match. Uh, I mean, the whole the whole trip has been has been fantastic. Uh, just as a very quick recap, um, we were on the uh, FPL TV show on Thursday. And that was fantastic. We met James Richardson and Jules Breach and all of the really amazing producers of that show too. It was just really, really nice people. And um, 
people actually listen to the podcast too, which is really cool. Um, and just, it was just a great group. And then, uh, and you know, the recording's available now. You can go to, uh, the Premier League website, fantasy website, um, their YouTube channel. Um, you can go to uh, just the fantasy app. You can find it on there as well. So lots of different places to find. We've also shared it on social media. So if you want to see us talk about gaming 29 and for me to say that Ozil is not a fantasy asset, uh, and then have him score a goal or no, he didn't score a goal, but he had an assist, um, late in that match. So, um, yeah, so that, so that was uh, Thursday. Then Friday we had our massive meetup. And I think you were saying that the meetup was amazing. We don't want to talk about it too much, A, because a lot of people obviously weren't there who were listening to the podcast. Uh, but B, we sort of met too many people. We can't just name everybody. You can't name and thank everybody. We really can't. But whoever came out to Coin Laundry down there in Clerkenwell on Friday night, just our our hearts are exploding with pride and joy and just feeling all that love so everyone who made it down thank you so many great new and old friends that we met uh appreciate it it definitely makes it an, uh, the football is one thing but to travel from the states to london to meet a lot of the people who listen to our pod maybe even don't even engage with us online it was just a really special meetup so thanks to everyone who engaged with us there we gave away some swag, some some cool stickers celebrating uh, various always cheating slogans like the bus team, the pure watch. Um, so if you saw those on our Instagram, watch for those to quickly morph into T-shirts that you can buy at the always cheating shop if that's of interest to you. So, right. That was that was Friday. Um, take us farther down the timeline. Yes. And we will talk about actual uh, fantasy here in a moment. But yeah, so that was Friday. Uh, Saturday, we went to uh, the Arsenal West Ham match and we sprang for slightly nicer tickets uh, for this one. And uh, yeah, I think the Emirates we, we've learned is the one place if you if you want to get the white glove treatment, uh, that's probably the place to go. It was really great experience. I got a Gunnersaurus for my daughter, so I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, match itself was whatever, you know, uh, I think uh, the food was better than the match, uh, <laughs> but it was uh, a really, really cool experience. And then yesterday, the Derby was really something else. I mean, um, I think when you and I went to Stanford Bridge last year, that felt like the best fan experience in terms of the fans just like kind of losing it. Yeah, uh, yeah, the atmosphere. But um, I think that the Manchester Derby, especially when McTominay scored that second goal, that was probably the most exciting thing. I remember, I've, I think I've seen in a match, like in a match in real time, you know, live because it's really cool. And our angle was, was we were dead on with the goal. So you could actually see him kind of curl the ball. You could see it happening, you know, in real time. Like, oh my God, he's just going to shoot this here. Um, I, I think it actually was cooler because I've seen some replays on, on video. I mean, it was, it was cool regardless, but uh, watching it in real time, it was like, oh my God, this is actually going to happen. The, the ground kind of shook when he scored. Yeah, the McTominay goal was one thing, and we had a great view of it behind the Manchester goal. But honestly, the best technique that we've seen this entire trip was from none other than Socrates. When we were behind the Arsenal goal, watching them play West Ham, we saw Socrates play this ball down the uh, the right-hand channel, and it looked like he just played it out of bounds. But the bend that he put on the ball, we were kind of astounded that this, this uh, Greek... Yeah. Beast uh, was able to have that kind of continental touch. Yeah, he he bent it like Beckham, didn't he, Brandon? He really, really did. One more thing, Josh, on the uh, Arsenal match. We haven't had a lot of great luck in terms of watching fantasy um, results 
bear out in these live matches, except for one. Now, if you were to say, what's in the bottom of your list of great things to see happen with your fantasy team, I would say a goalkeeper clean sheet. So Bernd Leno came in on my wild card, right? I almost forgot that I was on wild card this week in 29. Um, but Bernd definitely rewarded me and my, uh, my faith in him. And so to watch a goalkeeper get a clean sheet and six saves was, you know, I guess that was the least I could hope for, but it was still fun. The least you could hope for him. You got like 11 points. You're always so negative. You need like 19 points from him to be happy. 11 yeah. points from your keeper is yeah. is pretty huge. Um, yeah. So Brandon, uh, yeah. I mean, as far as, so actually just as a quick note, um, just actually a, a quick sort of programming note. Um, we are appearing on the FPL FYI show with James Alcott in uh, just a couple of hours. Um, I'm really excited about that. Um, that's on the Premier League YouTube channel. Uh, that should be we're recording that today. I think that'll be available shortly thereafter. Um, but you can search for FPL FYI on YouTube or check out the Premier League YouTube channel to find the video uh, and to find previous episodes of the FPL FYI show. So uh, that would be very cool. And then this evening, we're going to uh, the Leicester Aston Villa match. Uh, and then we, we fly home tomorrow morning. So we are we're really packing it in uh, right now. Uh, so we're recording this podcast. It's going to be a little slight, slightly different podcast than the normal just because of um, because we are sharing a mic. People don't actually know this or not. Not everyone knows this. But, you know, we've recorded 200 plus episodes of this podcast now. Uh, this is maybe the second one ever that we've recorded in the same room together. Uh, we almost always do it remotely um, and then and then mix it uh, afterwards. So. Uh, so very interesting to be sharing a mic, uh, sitting like a foot of, foot away from you. Uh, <laughs> so so maybe maybe a slightly different vibe than you normally get. I'm not sure what the what the sound is going to be like. But um, quick game week 29 score check. I am having probably my worst game week of the season. So I'm glad that I'm not here. I, I doubled my rank. It's a it's a complete disaster. I mean, it's absolutely horrible. Uh, I am depressed and I hate my team. Uh, so that's all I want to say about my personal team, but Brandon, you've had a pretty good wild card. Yeah, I guess I have. Yeah, there goes the negativity again. I guess so. Um, yeah, all things considered, I am happy with my wild card and, um, I don't want to go, uh, player by player through who I brought in, but suffice to say the defense is really ruling the day in my wild card bringing in Doherty and Leno, as mentioned, and O'Connell came in for me as a more surefire Sheffield United defender, of course, on the weekend in which Lundstrom announces his uh, his return from retirement, uh, FPL retirement. So good on you, Lord Lundstrom. We still have love for you, but O'Connell came in on my wild card. All my points are really coming from the defense right now. It's the age-old story that I cannot beg, borrow, or steal an attacking return except from Liverpool assets. So Salah is there with his nine points, but the vice captaincy armband. We both captained Dabalmiang, hoping to see more from him on um, at that West Ham match. I mean, uh, Suj from FPL Planet, great to see you. You and James at the meetup, guys, uh, mentioned the, uh, the, quote, West Ham low block. You know, however the low block manifests itself uh, this season, but Arsenal did find it uh, difficult to score. So we'll see how they fare. Uh, Hopefully it's a more open match against Manchester City. So I think what we'll have to talk about, Josh, in um, the next section of the podcast is we're going to jump from 29 immediately to 31. And the the real decision I had to make beyond 
who to pick for the City Arsenal double this week was, am I really going to try and bring in players for the blank uh, game week 31? Ultimately, as you can see with with Leno on the bench and four overall players who don't blank in 31, I'm kind of committing to a free hit. We'll get more into that, but you've kind of uh, yourself convinced me that the free hit is the way to go as we've we've talked during our travels. Yeah, I mean, the FA Cup uh, results really broke in like kind of a worse possible way for me. Um, and the Norwich Norwich winning uh, their cup match against Spurs was, was really kind of the last straw. I mean, I was in a position where I had five players for game week 31, and I would have either had to start making moves now to bring in those players, or I would have burned a ridiculous number of points just to bring in players from these these you know eight teams and it just didn't seem like it was worthwhile so i've officially decided and also you know and part of the advantage there is that game week 30 sort of turns into a free hit week where i can just sort of bring in anybody i want because i'll be free hit in the next week um and so yeah so i think we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about game week 31 take a quick break and then we'll talk about the forgotten game week 30 which is the game week uh right in front of us um and as is often the way with these things, um, you know, you overplan for double game weeks and they turn it. This is like what? Like the, uh, I don't know. It feels like the, like it, what it, we're at like 80% of the time now double game weeks don't work. Like like four to every five double game. It's like, yeah, I mean, obviously there's always one player who does really well in the double, but it's like as it's, it's hard, it's hard to predict as it is you know, um, during a single game week. And so it's just this, you know, we're, we are over planning for these double game weeks consistently and they're not rewarding us. I mean, I just, you know, if I had just slept in a little bit later, I would have solid captain. I would, I would have had Marcial on my team still, you know, it's just like, you know, you just, we are constantly overthinking this stuff. And so, um, I, you know, and I think part of what, part of the idea behind free hitting in game week 31 is like, just don't overthink it. Like I don't want to load up on, two or three Watford players ahead of an away match at Burnley. I mean, that's not going to be a good match. Like that's, that's going to be a really tough match for any of their attacking players to do anything. So I'm going to be burning four or eight to bring in players for a match like that. Um, I'd rather free hit, bring in, you know, three Spurs, you know, three Wolves um, and, and go from there. So um, Brandon, uh, just a quick, we, we, we're not going to share the uh, always treating super league, uh, notes here because um you know we're obviously we have matches tonight and then we've got the double game week on on wednesday god i really need obamiang to do something in that match um oh well on, on the obamiang thing we do need obamiang to do something yes let me underline that but if there was a flaw in arteta's plan against west ham it was the continuation of the enketia experiment so don't put this on obamiang yeah i i brought in pepe just for the uh the double game week pepe didn't exactly have a great game but Enketia was playing centrally and basically screwed up every move that Arsenal tried to make so um, hopefully that gets reworked maybe Lacazette comes in or Arteta even plays Aubameyang through the middle for that City game so I'm expecting more from him on Wednesday yeah I mean people were mad at Aubameyang like it was not his fault like completely accidental left no one was passing the ball uh, you have Thabios who just, you know, has acres of space and is just looking to get rid of that ball as soon as he possibly can ever, you know, I, uh, just like, it was very frustrating watching their midfield perform. And yeah, as you said, uh, in Kitia, uh, really was, was poor as well. And it's no surprise that they didn't score until, uh, Lacazette came out of the match. So be, you know, hopefully we'll see, um, Lacazette and Aubameyang on Wednesday. We probably won't because 
Um, those two have not typically played together in uh, difficult road matches. Um, I guess that was more under Emery. So we'll see what uh, Arteta does. The Arteta return, though, to, to you know, cool to at a head. It will be cool to see. Um, I guess I'll be at work. That's Wednesday. We'll be back yeah, back in the U.S. Uh, Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader. So, well, actually, it's kind of an Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader bit in reverse. Yeah. Who's the bad guy in that case? I don't know. Yeah. Tricky. We're all the bad guy. Uh, all right. So uh, no, no Super League. But Brandon, can you do a quick thank you to our new patrons, please? Yeah, huge thanks to our new patrons at the Volkswagen level, Philip Schrod, and at Lord Sorloth, the tier where we're, we are welcoming to the team Seth Ryan, Becca Silby, Ryan Hemmings, Austin Foster, and Jefferson Tuner. And at the Pookie patron level, big welcome to Andrew King. Of course, to support the Always Cheating podcast, just visit patreon.com slash always cheating lots more information there about what you get in return for your support including an extra podcast every week entrance to our slack chat forum uh extra leagues so on and so so forth so that's the uh patreon shout out now we'll take a quick i can't i'm i'm so drunk on london right now josh that i can't talk all right we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk more about game week 31 before we uh Take another break and on to game week 30. All right, Brandon. Game week 31 is not here. It's actually a week away. But what you do this game week in many ways determines what you do in game week 31. We, by the way, I have to say, we did a little Patreon shout out a minute ago. We met a ton of patrons uh, on our, uh, at the meetup on Friday. And uh, it was, uh, you know, old, old and new Blair Jacobson and Nick Wright and, um, a lot of, a lot of new people too. And, uh, that was, was very cool. So, um, I feel like we needed a one, one bonus shout out there. So thank you to everyone who came out on Friday. Uh, all right. So, uh, game week 31, it is a, uh, two weeks away, but, uh, you know, the transfers that you start to make now, I think are really, um, going to determine what you actually do in game week 31. So just a quick programming note, game week 31 Spurs play West Ham on Friday night, uh, real broken up again. I, I don't know. It's a uh, Friday night. And then, uh, Saturday you have, uh, Burnley hosting Watford, Liverpool hosting Crystal Palace and Wolves hosting Burnley. So I know there are some people out there who say, who say, you know, like, I just don't like these teams enough. I don't want to be loaded up on them. I'd rather field five players than burn my than burn my double gateway or than burn my free hit chip in gaming thirty one, and I, I really have to argue with that logic because um, for one thing, I actually think it was more true when uh, Norwich were the projected team not to play in thirty one instead of Spurs. I think when you add Spurs to the mix and you've got their defenders, you've got Bergvine, um, it's a pretty good home fixture. So I think it's reasonable to you could bring in someone like. Uh, uh, yeah, Vertonghen, you know, or something like that. Um, and so I think that Spurs alone make it a little more appealing as a freehand option. But I also think that, especially if you've already played an early wild card, to and okay, I, and I should also note, obviously, people will have played their free hit chip already. So in that case, that that's sort of a different. Sorry. That's yeah, that's a different situation. Um, and I think we're going to talk about players that we want regardless. You know, so whether you whether you're burning whether you're burning points or you're free hitting or you're just deciding, you know, I'm only going to field seven players that game week. And these are the seven that I want. Um, I think we'll talk about that in a, in a second here, but just on the free hit question. Um, I think that the idea of burning eight points or something like that, uh, or, or more, uh, to bring in nine or 10 players and saddle yourself with a bunch of assets that you don't really want. 
uh, long term, you know, for the for the last seven game weeks of the season, it doesn't seem like the right approach to me. It feels like you'd be better off just that, like you know, a, a free hit chip that went off even reasonably well is likely to yield you know twenty more points than you would have had otherwise. Maybe not even taking into account the points you'd burn. Yeah, yeah, there are two different conversations happening. Like, yes, I do concede to mostly Spurs fans that you guys are. In, rotten form right now and the assets maybe are uh fpl toxic even still um they appear to be high charting higher on uh, assets to get for game week 31 which as you're saying josh is even more in favor of a free hit so that you don't have to spend not one transfer to get them in but two transfers then to get them in and then immediately out of your team for somebody that you're you're going to want for the upcoming double. So, of course, the logic would then be you'd free hit in the doubles, but I think you get my point. So I am totally on board with this line of thinking that maybe they're maybe uh, down table assets, but the free hit allows you to participate, maximize your game score, and then not have to deal with any of these down table assets in the long run. But I mean, I think there's one, well, there are two teams that jump out here, and it's Liverpool and Wolverhampton. Whether you're on free hit or not, those have to be two teams that you target. But is that even a moot discussion? Because I'm feeling like most of us are already loaded up on Liverpool and Wolves. I mean, where are you at? You've got Jimenez and anyone else from Wolves? Uh, just him and as, uh, my team. And so that, that's, that's part of it is, you know, I, I would like to have three wolves, um, for that, for that Bournemouth match. Um, you know, one, one way I thought we could do this, I mean, and, you know, at first I was like, well, maybe we could talk about the 11 players who'd have a free hit chip or whatever, but maybe what's more useful actually is for us to go through these eight teams and just pick the players. If there are any, uh, that we would want for all eight of these teams. Yeah. Okay. So. Kick things off with uh, the Spurs-West Ham match. Mm-hmm. Um, on Spurs, uh, Bergvine, for sure, right? If I free hit in 31, which I almost definitely will, then he will almost definitely be in my squad. It will actually be most useful if they do not advance in the uh, in the Champions League, but I, I'm not sure that would make a difference anyways. I think we have to play him. So I'd have Bergvine. I would probably end up with Deli Alley as well. Let me take the microphone from you. <laughs> you you are suffering from Delhi blindness at the moment, and I know the exact moment in which you were afflicted with this disease. We were sitting in this a, tr- a true lad pub. Yeah. Um, we were approached by a very menacing young lad in this pub while watching the uh, Burnley Spurs match, which was an interesting experience. But um, I had you. I had you in my life. Just prior to the uh, Ben Me tackle yeah. and the Delhi penalty, uh, which wiped out your um, Nick Pope clean sheet, Delhi Ali stepped up with the degree of confidence with which Delhi stepped up to take that penalty was um, I was really feeling it. I feel like Delhi has got to be top of your list uh, for a free hit or any midfield sort of upper premium or upper mid-price premium midfielder for game week 31. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. So Ali Bergmine, uh, and then, yeah, maybe, uh, I guess probably someone like Vertonghen. I mean, I think the way that I'll, I'm going to like go for like a real, like uh, risky free hit, I'm sure where I, I have a bench that's loaded up on 4 million players. And I just hope that like, you know, no one gets injured at the last minute. Uh, and so, yeah, Ellie, I mean, none of them are that expensive anyway. Uh, Deli Ellie is eight something. Uh, Bergvine is even cheaper, right? I think he's like 7.5 million. Uh, and even Vertonghen is somewhere in the fives. So you can tell we're doing this on the fly because normally I would pull up these numbers. Um, so, but I, I know that's like the the basic range where they all are. Uh, so I think those are the players I consider. I guess Lloris would be a consideration. Didn't he get re-injured or something too? Yeah. He's back now. Okay. He was injured. Now he's back. Okay. So, and he had a pretty decent game, I guess, away to Burnley. Now, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah, though he did he did spill the uh, initial shot, which led to the um, Chris Wood goal. So. Right. But some some good late saves, I feel like. Classic yeah. game. A lot of good <laughs> with a lot of bad. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's not really the problem with the entire Spurs defense. That's why I would go with the defender just in the off chance that you may be able to get some kind of attacking return. Uh, West Ham, that's an interesting one. They're cheap, and cheap can be useful on a free hit. Um, sometimes you need, um, you know, an enabling asset. Um, Antonio has looked really good recently. And so, yeah, I guess if I, you know, there's a temptation, I think, to kind of maximize your free hit when you play it. Um, so, so, you know, it's like, well, if I have a Spurs defender, do I really want to have a West Ham player? You know, do I like, do I want to like kind of, play out the perfect scenario, you know, but realistically West Ham are probably going to score in that match. (laughs) So (laughs) if they are, uh, Antonio is probably my pick for, for West Ham asset. Yeah. And being at the Emirates on Saturday, Antonio, he had a couple of golden chances to get West Ham on the board. He looked fantastic, uh, playing up front. I mean, the question is how many games in a row can Antonio string together before he, destroys one of the giant uh, muscles that he has in his legs. But I think Antonio is is the clear favorite there. And Allaire, if you're if you're struggling to fill the front line, and I think you may struggle to fill your front line, particularly on a free hit, as so you're looking at somebody like Callum Wilson, I think Allaire is a good shout. Just thinking of how busy my midfield might be with Spurs assets, Liverpool assets, um, probably, you know, we'll talk about Watford as well. So Allaire is another good shout. And it would help if he was better. It, yeah, we, we do love good players on the Always Cheating podcast. And Snodgrass, Snodgrass's minutes have been um, a little fluky since Moyes came in, but I think. <clears throat> Snodgrass's delivery is so key to unlocking players like Allaire and and even Antonio. So um, if it looks like signs point to Robert Snodgrass starting ahead of game week 31, then I like him as the cheaper pick. Yeah, although probably too a little too risky. I mean, one minute this last match, 12 minutes the match before. Um, it's kind of funny because... I guess it's a really, it's, you know, it's one of those like moments where you think, see everything through a fantasy lens. Cause in a fantasy perspective, you're like, well, he's got, you know, great, you know, great balls in like, uh, you know, it's a set piece threat. Uh, I believe he was on a lot of corners as well. Uh, could score a little bit. Um, but it, you know, clearly it must be like a work rate thing or a de- you know, defensive tracking back, things like that. All right. So West Ham, not too much to say about them. I don't think beyond that. Uh, 
Burnley and Watford kick kick things off on uh, Saturday. Uh, I guess that's the that would be the three p.m. match. So, I got a hot take for you, Brandon. Please go on. I do not think I will have a single player from Watford in my free hit team. Okay. Uh, I that's how much faith I have in Burnley's defense at home, and in fact, they they did concede a goal away to Spurs, but it was a moment of almost suicidally bad defending from Ben Mee that caused it. Otherwise, there was really not a lot of threat from Spurs in that game. So, uh, no Watford. What do you think about that? Um, I can't really dispute it. I think you have players like Saar and Decore, who, like I was mentioning with Snodgrass, and maybe Saar and Decore are more appealing because their minutes are more locked in than Snodgrass would be. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. You're kind of looking at Watford uh, just to fill holes in your squad. Not that I do not want to go on about West Ham assets because, you know, there's not much to say there. But I think it's always an interesting idea, particularly on a free hit chip in a game week like this, to kind of load up on penalty takers. So you'd have Mark Noble at West Ham, um, good for a cheeky penalty. Troy Deeney, uh, if you were to go for any Watford player, I would agree. I'd feel like the... Um, you know, the odds on for anyone to get attacking points from Watford against Burnley would probably be Troy Deeney. They're, they're increased just for for his ability to take those kicks from the spot. But yeah, Burnley, uh, Burnley are kind of, they are one of those teams where either you're, you're looking for them fantasy-wise way in the back or way in the front. It's either Chris Wood or Nick Pope. And the decision I'll have to make on my free hit is, do you go for Nick Pope hosting Watford or do you go for Rui Patricio hosting Bournemouth. Uh, so that that's where I'm at with, with Burnley and Watford. Yeah, and uh, as far as Burnley assets go, um, I think that Chris Wood is pretty tempting. It's really good form right now. Um, I think he's crossed the double-digit mark uh, for goals on the season. Uh, if he hasn't crossed it yet, he's, he's close. And this time I actually am going to pull this up, Brandon, because uh, I am curious. So Wood has... 11 goals. Yeah, so he has crossed 11 goals in the season. Actually, is the most he's ever scored in a Premier League campaign. It's funny because we all thought Barnes was going to be the one who who surpassed it. But after that hot start and he's had some injury issues and, uh, yeah. Disappeared into the uh, Austrian uh, work camp. (laughs) I guess so. So uh, Barnes Barnes is gone. Uh, So I think Pope is really tempting. Uh, McNeil has been fantastic. I've always liked McNeil. I still think he... uh, is one of those players who will who will move on to um, a top six club at some point in the next uh, season or two. Um, yeah, maybe like Everton actually that could be interesting. Um, so we'll see what we'll see what happens with with McNeil. But I think I like him a lot as a fantasy asset. He's a little too expensive, uh, but as a one off uh, on a free hit, I don't think he's a bad option. Uh, Let me ask you this regarding McNeil. We were talking about Watford midfielders, Decore and Saar. If you choose in game week 31 and you have to choose between Decore, Saar and McNeil, who do you pick? In 31? Yeah, I would go with McNeil for sure. Um, I don't really trust Watford away from home. And uh, I think they are pretty strong at home. But I mean, I think we saw it today, right? They beat Liverpool 3-0. Uh, they go away to Palace and they can't do anything. You know, Sarah Blanks, Decore finishes with one point, I believe. So, uh, yeah, not a lot of faith in 
I, I mean, Watford are still a team that that's that's really at a strong risk of being relegated. And I think that um, a couple of decent moments recently, but this happens a lot. I think we you know we often see relegated teams um, beat you know big clubs. I mean, you know, Huddersfield um, beating Man United. Uh, I guess it was a couple seasons ago. You know, things like that. So, um, all right. So that's that's Burnley and Watford. I think now we get to. The the, the the big match. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool, Crystal Palace. Um, I, okay. The first question is, is there anyone from Palace that you'd want on your team? Um, no, I think Palace, I, not, I don't want to disrespect Palace um, because I think they have offered a lot FPL wise, especially in the defense and therein lies the problem. Palace are away from Selhurst Park and they're playing you know, one of the high, most high-flying attacking teams in the leagues. It's a terrible defensive fixture. So, and and I think especially if you're going creative with a free hit, there's really no need to touch Palace, not even a Jordan Ayew. I think Jordan Ayew, you know, generously presents an opportunity for somebody not playing a free hit that's just looking to plug a hole. I mean, I would never recommend burning four to bring in a palace attacking asset, but that's really all I can offer in favor of them. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the real question is, uh, especially again, and I know this is very free hit focus, so um, forgive me if you're not free hitting, but I think that if you are free hitting, um, I think Liverpool is a, uh, the team that requires a little bit of extra thought here because I, you know, I have Firmino still, which has been a complete disaster, honestly. Um, you know, mostly because I just opted for him instead of Mane. Had the double up, and then Mane got injured, and I, I don't know. Just it was all. I, I got too cute. You know, it's like it's like getting like the cheapest defender on a good team. You know, it's it's going to haunt you again and again and again. You know, I got the third best attacker of a of, a, of an attacking trio, uh, and it's really messed up my season a little bit. Uh, so I think I would, the question for me is, um, you know, two Liverpool defenders versus one midfielder versus two, uh, yeah, two midfielders, and one defender. Uh, I actually think that's a question that we, you know, if you're almost everyone listening to this podcast is through Liverpool players already. So if you're not free hitting, just stay with what you have. If you are free hitting, I would just wait because, uh, I would wait to make a decision until game week 31. Uh, you know, maybe you're like right up close to the lead up to it because uh, we just don't know, um, you know, what's going on with Robertson. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, in, you know, they have the, their, the well, they let it go Madrid, Madrid matches a couple days. And then of course they have the, uh, um, they've matched game like 32. And so we'll see what kind of rotation is there. And I think that um, just gives me a little bit of pause. Maybe it'd be fun to have Trent Robertson and Sala, you know, for game week 31, but um I also think, you know, a Van Dyke, Trent, Salah combination or Mane Salah uh, works as well. So lots of different ways to look at it. I, it's hard to imagine Palace scoring in that match. It really is. Yeah. I th- OK, I'm glad we're talking about this because I had just sort of like in my sleep settled on Mane Salah all the way. I've become biased because those are the only attacking returns I'm ever able to get in a game week. But yeah, the more you... We're talking about it, Josh. The more I realize, oh yeah, Palace won't score in this match. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there that makes the um, assuming Rabo is good to go. The Rabo Trent double up is is as good as the Mane Sala double up in in many ways. So I think 
Talk to me closer too, but now I'm suddenly the pendulum is swinging toward the defensive double up plus Mane or Salah for me. It does free up a little extra money to to maybe invest in a, a larger forward line. I mean, you know, and I and I guess that brings us right to to Wolves, uh, where I think uh, Wolves play Bournemouth on Sunday. Uh, great match um, for Wolves, um, maybe less so for Bournemouth, although it could be a fun match regardless. Uh, and I think that uh, for me, and just looking at this right now, I mean, I, I think that the ideal free hit team, my opinion, would be three Liverpool, three Wolves, probably three Spurs, and two Burnley. I would have any of the away teams um, in any of these uh, matches. Uh, your combination of Burnley and Spurs may may vary a little bit, but you know, Pope and goal certainly seems to make a lot of sense. Um and so for me, uh, with Wolves, I think it's uh, – I would go with the um, Jota, Jimenez double up, and then I would have um, Doherty. That's almost – that's kind of the – that's I, I suppose that will be the template, you know, kind of free hit. But why not? I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're super cheap, and so you'll be able to get them in very very easily. Um, Doherty is obviously a little more expensive, but he's still only $6 million. It's not that bad. Um, so I think that uh, those are the three who – who outside of those three on Wolves, uh, before we even get to Bournemouth, who outside of those three um, is worth considering? Well, I brought in Doherty uh, on my wild card, and I'm super happy with that. However, you can now start making a case for Vinagre on the left-hand side. If you're looking at the two heat maps from them against Brighton, uh, you know, we've we've been on the road and we haven't watched any of that Wolves-Brighton match. So I'm, it's kind of unclear what happened to uh, to Wolves there. But Vinagre was quite a bit farther up the pitch than Doherty was in that match. Now, I don't say that to disparage Doherty, but I think I just it just means that Vinagre does have something to offer with Johnny Otto still out indefinitely with injury. So Vinagre is an interesting price point if somehow you find yourself in a situation where you can't get Doherty in, but I'm totally with you. Uh, well, Will, Will Bali has, um, you know, definitely been a talking point for the last month as Wolves have come back into form and he's great on bonus and he is a set piece threat. So, all right, I've already named two alternatives to Doherty there going forward. Yeah, I don't have much else to add beyond Jimenez and Jota. Yeah, poor, poor Troy R.A. Uh, it's, you know, he may have to get off-season soldiers, yes, shoulder surgery. And, uh, you know, until he does, I, I wonder if there's just a little too much risk there. And I, at some point, you know, athletes are such, um, you know, confidence is just such a huge part of that process, you know, and feeling confident in your body, feeling confident about what you can do out there. And, if he's going to keep discounting his shoulder like every match he plays, that's going to be a problem. And listen, if you were to struggle with body confidence, I mean, I'm sure whenever Traore looks in the mirror and he yeah. he sees his body, he's just like, I'm so ashamed. I should be bigger. Yeah. I should really hit the gym. It sounds like me after I recorded that FPL show. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I feel like uh, he's a little – He's not someone I would I would necessarily target. You know, I, I think if you were, you know if we remove the free hit for a quest for a second, and you're just looking for somebody cheap, uh, maybe you're moving around a uh, you know I don't know like a, a Leicester midfielder, you know Perez or something like that, um, and you just need somebody cheap. I think that um, I think Troyer is probably worth the risk, um, especially uh, against a team like Bournemouth. Um, I think that if you wanted to go with someone like Moutinho, uh, just to be a little bit safer, um, I think that is also fine. 
Um, and so I think that there, those are the players who I think I would, I would most strongly consider on that team. Let me present a dilemma to you, Josh. So I have, hypothetically, I don't have a free hit, and I'm looking at what my plan is going to be for 31. I have Troy Ore. He is a bit of an injury doubt. If it comes to pass in game week 30 that we understand Triar is too high of a risk, who do, and you need to transfer him out ahead of this 31 blank game week, who would you bring in for Triar at that point? Because mind you, if you're not on a free hit, it's kind of a longer term transfer. Does that make, so I can see the sideways um, moves around the same budget for Traore yeah. being some of those Watford midfielders that we discussed. You could also, you, you mentioned Moutinho, and I, I do really like him, though. He's kind of low-grade FPL. Mm-hmm. Who would you go for in that scenario? Yeah, I mean, possibly Decore in that case, um, and just hope that they could uh, break down, um, uh, you know, break down Burley and get a goal in that match. I mean, he's he's... He'd be the cheapest as far as, you know, like for like. I think that um, Sara is a little more expensive than, just to like very specifically answer your question, uh, you know, he's a little more expensive than uh, than Traore. Although, yeah, I guess if you had a little money in the bank, then I, I, Sara is a long-term investment. Even if he doesn't return a game week 31, probably worth the money. Seems like a perfect storm to finally have a reason to bring Dwight McNeil into your FPL team yeah. in, in that situation. I don't know if that was a leading question or not, but <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, McNeil is a really good option too. So uh, another player that I would, yeah, McNeil, man, this is the McNeil cast. Okay. I'm never going to say a bad word about Dwight McNeil on this podcast. I love him. The only qualm I have is with his price, which is just a little too high. All right. So that leaves us with Bournemouth who are um, away at Wolves in 31. Uh, I was delighted, um, at hearing people at our meetup talking about Callum, the truth, Wilson, um, you know, he's having the smallest possible moment (laughs) right now, just making sure, um, we all don't totally forget about him. I'm going to struggle here to make a case for anyone in, uh, in the Bournemouth lineup, Especially if you're expecting Wolves to score. I mean, Nathan Ake is kind of the most appealing fantasy asset for Bournemouth right now. But I'm expecting Wolves to score, you know, probably two goals, if not more, against against them uh, in that match. Yeah, uh, Wilson does have two goals and four. Um, you know, total punt. Uh, maybe worth it as a punt. I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else on. By the way, David Brooks. David Brooks. I guess he's just going to miss in the whole season now, isn't he? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's still flagged and I don't think, yeah, has not played a f- minute yet. Probably the most fun new player in the league or, you know, young, like young, cheap asset that you could have last season. Harry, Harry Wilson was close to replacing him, but he just like, like most of Bournemouth hasn't been able to keep it up through Season. Yeah, but just you know, looking at this team, and you've got uh, injury flags on on uh, King and uh, Billing Cook. Yeah, Cook. Well, Cook at our um, Cook, Cook's still on a red, isn't he? I think he's still. Uh, no, he just got a hamstring injury. Excuse me. Well, whatever's going Surprise, on with it. Yeah, not the. Injured. Yeah, I was thinking of the intentional handball uh, in the Norwich match a few weeks ago. So uh, yeah, so Cook is injured. There's just a lot of issues with this Bournemouth team, I and mean, we'll see where they are in you know weeks time. But um, yeah, I would. That is actually one um, on a free hit. Sure, maybe you take a punt on a Callum Wilson. 
if you are not free hitting, then um, I would just go ahead and uh, and ignore them entirely. All right, let's let's that that's thirty one. That's where we are right now. We're going to take a quick break uh, and we'll get back. We're actually going to talk about the forgotten game week. Poor poor game week thirty. Let's talk about it a little bit, Brandon, in a second. Hey gang, ever wonder why traditional button-ups look so long and baggy? Well, that's because they were never meant to be worn that way. Untuck It shirts were specifically designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or your shape, their shirts are the perfect untucked length. With more than 50 fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys and gals of all ages. Don't just take my word for it. Try Untuck It for yourself. But actually, I do recommend you take my word for it. Both Josh and I do have Untuck It shirts. And genuinely, I love the way it fits me. And I do wear it to work uh, probably once a week. So it's a great way to kind of feel casual with an Untuck shirt, but also look together, structured, and uh, on the fringes of professionality. So visit UntuckIt.com and use promo code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. They even offer free shipping and returns on all orders in the United States. That's untuckit, U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and the promo code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. All right, Brandon, we're back. Game week 30 is here. We're almost here. Uh, it'll come after the uh, second leg of the double game week on Wednesday uh, when Man City host Arsenal. So a uh, pretty conventional game week, um, Saturday, Sunday, and then, a, and then a late match on Monday. Um, I think one thing that's interesting here is I wonder if there, this, is this a week to, you know, possibly not, uh, not captain a Liverpool player. Uh, they play on Monday. Uh, they play away to Everton. Uh, that is uh, possibly a tricky fixture, um, you know, often the, the match often is. Um, and so um, I guess let's just start from the beginning, though. Um, so Saturday, we've got a nice, looks like four, seven, 14 teams play on Saturday. I feel like we haven't had a Saturday like this in a long time. It's like straight up normal Saturday. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we've kicked, kicked, it kicks off with Watford hosting Leicester. Uh, some rumors coming through about Lester's lineup for tonight, but, um, I guess we'll just let that, well, we'll who knows what's going to happen there. Right. Because we just don't know. I mean, is Rogers really picking his full lineup a full, you know, 36 hours before that match is played? That would seem unusual, uh, to do it, to do it that late. It's like, yeah. Um, what is Brendan up to? What is Vardy up to? I mean, maybe, maybe Vardy just isn't fit, but yeah. something's going on there that we don't know. Listen, maybe Mark Albrighton runs the show at training. Who knows? Yeah, I'm actually quite fond of Mark Mark Albrighton, but I don't think he can make a case that he's part of their strongest eleven. Yeah, and we were talking about uh, you know possibly moving um, to someone like uh, someone like Sar, you know, as kind of a long term move. Whether we think he's good in Game Week 31 or not, I think this is the match where you would really like to have it because um, I just don't see Lester keeping a clean sheet in this one. Um, Lester, they'll, they'll have played the last match of the, of, you know, the, well, the last normal match of game week 29. It's so hard. Uh, these double game weeks like changes all your language, but uh, they'll play the last match of the normal game week 29. Uh, so, and then it's the early match on, on Saturday. So um, 
Well, I wouldn't be shocked if Leicester scored in that match. Um, I would expect Watford to win, given their, their recent home form. Um, that Liverpool match really is looming large in my, my memory right now. Um, so, uh, and then from there, we've got uh, just a whole bunch of um, kind of interesting mix of matches, actually. Uh, Bournemouth Palace, I think we can just safely ignore that one, fantasy-wise. Brighton Arsenal, I guess I've got Aubameyang. I actually think Aubameyang as a captain for Game Week 30 is an interesting shout. Um, I believe Aubameyang scored a brace away to Brighton um, in last season. Yeah, I, well, it would have been last season, but I, I have a memory because I think it happened um, um, around the uh, like around the festive fixtures. Um, so maybe, maybe it was a goal and assist or something like that, but he had a good match away. Brighton... Uh, their inexplicable clean sheet away to Wolves aside, their defense has been pretty awful uh, almost the whole season. And uh, it would be so Aubameyang-like. Um, I, I think his troll reputation is undeserved, as we talked about earlier on this podcast. But for everyone to burn points to bring him in and then go back to have him on their team and not captain him and then have him go off and get a big captain hall away to Brighton, that would be uh, classic. So I think that I think we could see that, though. I guess the only issue there is that, well, that will be his third match in eight days. Um, and if he plays 180 minutes in the first two, is that a factor at all? I don't think it's a concern for me with Aubameyang. He wears the captain armband. The expectation is that he's going to play uh, every possible minute. This isn't like a uh, Jordan Henderson or Granite Xhaka armband situation. Um, I'm talking about IRL armbands. And this Brighton fixture, I agree, it was part of the appeal of loading up on Arsenal assets for the Game Week 29 double, even though you had City in the second leg of the double, not that appealing. But Brighton here in Game Week 30, uh, yeah, I'm all in. So Pepe will roll again for me right now on my bus team. I do have the armband on Aubameyang, so I'm with you there. Um, we do have to spare a thought here for City hosting Burnley. And is it the most insane thing that you could imagine um, where we are with Aguero versus Jesus in that everything that happens with that squad makes the decision between Aguero and Jesus more and more impossible? Yeah, it, it really is impossible to pick between those two. And it's funny because at the uh, at Old Trafford, they do the clocks a little differently there. It's a countdown clock instead of a count up clock MLS. yeah and so as i was watching it i was like wait is aguero going off is that the 58th it was like i had to like do the math in my head so yeah i mean aguero gets one point jesus gets zero because he comes on late and then he gets a, a really late yellow card um so yeah they're both a disaster this is also ahead of their most important match of the season, uh, the second leg um, at home to Real Madrid. So I, I don't know why Pep would take this Burnley match hyper seriously. There's really nothing for them to play for. I mean, there's no chance of them losing a Champions League spot. There's just no risk, uh, really. I mean, also, they may not even have a Champions League spot next year, <laughs> depending on what happens with this court of arbitration for sports situation. So, yeah, it's really um, – it's – it, it, it gives me pause. You know, even if De Bruyne plays on Wednesday, I don't think you can trust that he'll play again on Saturday. If De Bruyne is seriously injured, which I maybe will come out this week, then um, I think dropping him uh, might actually be on the table as well. So, um, but speaking of Pepe, is it, how much longer does he get? He sucks, right? He's he's not very good. Um, he is one of those players where you. Uh, you want really hard to see the potential. 
I agree. Like, I have only become a fan of his in the last 48 hours when he actually snuck into my wild card. Um, Watching, okay, so we're at the Emirates for this Arsenal-West Ham match, and it was interesting watching Arsenal come down the right where Pepe was. Ozil and Pepe had no chemistry of any kind. Uh, I mean, and Socrates was the right back as far as we could tell. So it wasn't like, um, despite what we said about that incredible technique that uh, Socrates showed later in the match, it just doesn't seem like a good, it's hard. What I'm trying to say is it's hard to judge Pepe because I just don't think it's been a good fit for the team and the tactics where does Pepe fit into our thoughts come next season? I think I'm already saying let's table this Pepe thing until next season because we're not really going to learn anything this season, I don't think. He just seems so so raw. It's one of those players where yeah. you can see the, you know, he's got the, he's the unit. He's, he's the unit. He's got some technique, but he's just so raw. Yeah, and considering they spent a fortune on him and uh, – I don't think they were thinking they were getting some players like five years away from being, you know, the player they wanted to be. Uh, I mean, honestly, if he, if he came in at like 5.5 million next year, I would consider him, but yeah, he's 9.2. Um, I think I, I bet by game week 32, he's, he's out of your squad. Uh, all right. So let's, let's, let's move on though. Uh, Man City, uh, Burnley, there's not too much to say there because I just don't, um, I think we got to wait till that Wednesday match is played. And honestly, I would just be wary of them regardless. Uh, Newcastle, Sheffield United. Uh, I think that you could very safely play, uh, you should have another players in this one, uh, Newcastle, uh, just shockingly just with like maybe the worst team in the premier league are just completely safe from relegate. It might finish top half of the table. It is a mark. Uh, I, I don't really know. I mean, I guess like if you're a Newcastle fan, like they're not playing like beautiful football, but this team can't, I, I don't know what you want them to do. Um, I, if I were a Newcastle fan, I would just be like thanking my stars that it's worked out as well as it has because, um, you know, until they start to, I, maybe in just until that team gets sold, I don't know. Like this might just be what the situation is. It's one of those, like the whole nine yards, uh, situation. Is that the movie where they play football in the, uh, American football in the jail? Uh, the longest it. yard. I don't longest know. Yard. Yeah. Hold on. Yours <laughs> is like, a, is like a, uh, like a mob movie or something. Yeah, right. I think that's a Bruce Willis movie. Anyway, insert movie reference here in which, you know, some enterprising manager, Steve Bruce, goes around the country um, getting getting like uh, discarded players to um, play in his squad. The Almirons, the St. Maximans, they're exciting, but, you know, they're unconventional and they're just they're just winning despite themselves. I choose to look at it in the the uplifting sense, like when the bad news bears actually do um, beat the uh, the upstanding professionals of the the neighborhood. Yeah, you've always been extremely pro Newcastle, and that's what I like about you. <laughs> uh, all right, so um, Nora, and as for Lundstrom, I don't know. I guess he probably has to keep his spot now, right? I mean, gets the assist. He's done yeah, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Had a little moment of poor form in December, January. They bring in an expensive player, but I mean, he clearly deserves to keep his spot. Um, but who, I mean, you know, who knows? We're not the manager. We, I, I feel the same way about Robert Snodgrass, you know? Um, so, uh, Norwich Southampton. Yuck. 
What can you even say? Let's just move on. Uh, oh, oh, you want to talk about it? No, I don't want to talk about it. I just want to ask you a quick fire question. Yeah. Uh, Cantwell starts or Cantwell is on the bench for you in 30? Yeah, Cantwell on the bench for me. Um, I don't trust him at all anymore. Um, and yeah, um, yeah, I, a, a tricky spot for me this week. Uh, yeah, it was Stevens too, who I might actually start away. That'd be a question actually whether I would start Cantwell at home to uh to southampton or start stevens away you know at, at norwich so i'll have to decide that later i haven't really looked at my team for gaming 30 yet uh then we have the late match on saturday aston villa host chelsea this could be a fun match i think this uh aston villa are pretty good at home uh the last time they played a big match was that spurs match and that was a pretty fun match um, I, um, uh, a little sad that I don't still have Grealish cause this would be a fun match to, to play him in. Uh, Chelsea just won four nil over Everton at home somehow. I don't know where that came from. Uh, so yeah. What do you see in that one? Yeah. The four nil drubbing of Everton, uh, you know, we were kind of dancing around Chelsea last week just based on Marcus Alonso's form and, there was just a bevy of random midfielders who showed up against Everton from Pedro to Barkley to William. I can't recommend any of them because all three of those players are the embodiment of um, sometimes good, but always untrustable and unpredictable FPL assets. So I think who you're left with with Chelsea and now what that result I think solidifies for me is that we really have to seriously consider both Alonso and Olivier Giroud as differential options. Uh, you know, we don't need to go into it with Alonso because, you know, we know who he is. We just understand that his price makes him a little tricky to fit in. And with Matt Doherty being the parallel player playing in game week 31, most play, most uh, managers are rightfully going to go for Doherty. But Alonso, fantastic option here. And then Olivier Giroud, Tammy Abraham, there's no solid news about what his um, expected return is. And much like you were saying about Lundstrom, what more does Olivier Giroud have to do to say, just play me, coach? And to see Giroud going up against that soft Aston Villa back line, I think, you know, he's I would. I would put some money down that that boy gets some attacking returns against Villa. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, uh, you know, if I, what I'm thinking now is uh, I may free hit in game week 31 and wild card in game week 32. So if that is the case, I feel like I almost kind of have a free hit that I, or like a free, like, you know, transfer that I can make. Uh, and having someone like Giroud for 31, I guess we, you know, we'll see what's going on with Abraham if he's just out indefinitely. Could he be back by this, by this fixture? I, I don't actually. No, um, as of uh, this recording. So, um, yeah. So, I, I think I think I'm with you there, Giroux, or maybe um, yeah. It's too bad Mount went off because he was a good cheap option. Um, and uh, we'll see what the uh, you know what, what the long term issue is with him there. Uh, so that brings us to Sunday, uh, West Ham Wolves. Um, I would expect Wolves to get back on track in this one. Um, I guess are there Europa League matches on Thursday? Then yeah, I think I think there's a good chance that there are, and I'm just gonna talk and talk and talk brandon while you look these matches up and it is confirmed they are there are matches on yeah uh it says 12 3 as americans we have to reverse those numbers and uh 3 12 so yeah so they'll play um at olympiacos um on thursday so not great, not great. uh so at you know they, they'll have to go down to greece 
Um, I guess that won't get canceled, right? Greece and close to Italy, probably, but yeah, behind closed doors, worst case. Exactly. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, we'll start to see how much that impacts, um, all of these champions league matches. I, I mean, uh, Juve are still in the champions league, right? Um, so I, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, really, I mean, I know, I, I know that France is now, um, gatherings over a thousand people have been banned in France. So is it really okay yeah and so i know and uh yeah that's one thing i feel like with our trip that we may have um uh dodged a bullet there because i wonder in a couple of weeks if we're gonna start to see the same thing maybe maybe see the same thing with the ncaa tournament too which just breaks my heart because it's my favorite sporting event of the year and now i'm imagining just coaches like players and their coaches uh with nobody in the stands and what a, what a weird experience that would be it'd be like watching practice or something uh, but anyway, so Wolves play, um, uh, away to Olympiacos and then, and then they play away again on Sunday. Tricky, but, um, I don't really know what you can do about it, except maybe if you were thinking about bringing in like a third Wolves player, I might hold off, um, and wait until game week 31 to do that. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, this is the kind of match where they could be caught a little flat footed, um, possibly lose Spurs men United, uh, is the, uh, late match on Sunday. That should be kind of fun. It's sort of interesting. Man, you had a good form right now. Bruno Fernandez, uh, you know, I could kind of get away with the Pepe on wildcard where he should have actually been Bruno Fernandez. So Bruno getting the assist against City just by the the skin of the double game week. Maybe, Maybe Pepe can match that, but... I'd still like this as a good fixture for Bruno Fernandez. Um, you know, Man United are now ten unbeaten, and they're gonna they're gonna smoke Spurs. I mean, they they will have uh, they will have a burning fury in their belly for Jose Mourinho. I mean, doesn't everybody at this point? But um, yeah, and the th- I think the thing that has uh, not really been spoken about about a lot now is. United's defense. If you look at, you know, Lindelof, probably the one that we need to speak about least, but he's the one that came away with three bonus points in the Derby. Maguire really active. Juan Bissaka was electric. To watch Aaron Juan Bissaka at Old Trafford was among my favorite things. Like he was so fast and so good. Um, that was just confirmed. Yeah, Daniel, Daniel James was a fun player to watch too. Um, when he just... I mean, he can't really do anything, but like just watching him like get up ahead of steam and start running, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, really fast. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't want to go overboard with this fixture, but it's kind of like uh, hold them and play them with confidence. Your United assets um, when they go to the new White Hart Lane. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. And Spurs, uh, you know, uh, yeah, not a lot to say there. Uh, Everton, uh, host Liverpool on Monday. We talked about this a little bit already. I think, uh, you know, Salah is a certainly a safe captain pick, probably the safest captain pick, uh, just considering his form. Um, I, you know, doesn't feel like a match where he's going to get an explosive results. Right. Um, but you know, if he got eight points, um, that would feel like almost kind of what you'd expect. Right. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, Firmino, who's been very frustrating, I, I will probably keep him for this match because, um, he has 10 goals in the season. All 10 of them are on the road. Unreal. Bizarre. Uh, I'm not really sure why that is. It must be like a space issue, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah. So I think the, uh, you know, how Everton bounced back, 
it's, it's almost a shame for them that this match is coming so much later um, because it's, you know, it's the Monday night match. I'm sure they wanted to get out there like two days later and just, you know, put things right. Put things right. Yeah. But now it's going to be eight days later. It feels too long to kind of have that, you know, sit with you and it's a Derby match anyway. So, um, you know, the, the different considerations there, but um, so yeah, I, as far as that four nil, I don't think, especially because it's a Derby, I don't see that having a lingering effect. Um, I know that um, Calvert-Lewin had a big chance in yesterday's match that um, that he spurned. The fact that he's just getting big chances all the time, I think, is 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 the good sign. So, um, yeah, but it's DCL and nobody, I would say, on this team otherwise. Yeah, yeah, Dean Dean did come back uh, yesterday. Um, a lot of good it did them, but he is back in the team. Um, yeah, and then Liverpool, I guess we'll just find out, you know, soon what's going on with Robbo. But, yeah, so captains, uh, Aubameyang, Salah, who else? I mean, that's kind of kind of it, right? Kind of um, Sar, if you want to be really, really crazy, it's all it's the week. It's the week of away captains. I think the cheeky captain might be somebody like Olivier Giroud, who is at Aston Villa, or um, actually that that that's like too cheeky. Wolves probably one of the tastier away matches. You know, uh, again, talking about uh, the way West Ham sets up defensively, them playing at home, you feel like they're going to come out a little bit more, which would favor Jota and Jimenez. So if it's not Salah, if it's not Aubameyang, I think Jimenez is the solid third choice for me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I think, uh, yeah, it would be great if uh, if he didn't play in that. I didn't start. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, that's where we are. And uh, that's the podcast. I know a little bit different. We didn't take any questions this time around, uh, but we did want to get something out while we were still in London. Uh, thank you again to um, James and Jules and everybody at the um, FPL uh, TV show for having us. Uh, thanks to James Alcott for having us on the FPL FYI show. And we actually left to leave in about an hour to go to go record that. Uh, so it's been a really, really amazing trip. Uh, and it is not over. And uh, thank you to uh, to listener Paul, by the way, for helping us with uh, – we have a lot of people to thank, actually. Paul and uh, Patty and Suge and just a lot of different people. Thanks um, to Josh for the Newcastles. Yeah, lots of people to thank. Uh, you know, I don't even want to start thanking too many people because then we're going to forget somebody. But a lot of people to thank. Uh, so but thank you for listening. We'll be back to normally scheduled podcasts next Sunday night. Um, for now, if you'd like to support the podcast, a uh, reminder, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Thanks to all the new patrons. Uh, thank you to some of the, we saw some producers, um, at the meetup too. Uh, Blair Jacobson was there and, uh, and Nick Wright. And, and, and I think that was it. Maybe a couple others. I'm just forgetting right now. Uh, but if you want to become a supporter and say, thanks, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, it's a great way to support what we do. You get access to a bonus podcast each week, our Slack network, uh, our private mini leagues, where you can get free t-shirts like the new ones that we're creating. Uh, and those free t-shirts are a great giveaway for somebody in your mini league, or maybe just for yourself. If you win your mini league. Uh, so, uh, keep that in mind. Um, and, uh, Brandon, do you want to do a quick thank you to our producers? Yes, I do. Let me clear my throat. Okay. Thank you to our producers. As always, Trevor Ingerson, Mike DiPietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Chris Carter, Martin Savage, Brian T, DeBig Gaffer, Bob Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Frederick Kean Gransky, Travis West, Alan Creasy, Victor Forbrook, Skoging, 
Paul Herzig, Kaya, Christine Lelang, Stein, Stian Niehaus, Barry McGuire, Peter, Boda, Peter Bodectel, Andy Portlock. Andy, great to meet you at the meetup. Thank you, sir. Toothless sure. Gibbon, Andy Martin, Lindsay Rostel, Anton Markov, FPLmerch.com, and James Conroy. Never forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Always Cheating Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Also follow us on Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, we've been posting a, a number of pictures from our trip on our Instagram and Twitter feeds. So find us there on Twitter, at Hell Cheaters, Instagram, at Hell Cheaters, Facebook.com, slash Always Cheating. Send us your emails, hailcheaters at gmail.com, or visit the website for all this information and more. It's alwayscheating.com. Josh, uh, this has been a busy trip. I need to uh, take a moment to schedule my uh, incoming heart attack. So, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, there's a, as, as you may have heard, Brennan, there's a serious uh, illness uh, sweeping the globe. And I think, uh, yeah, like traveling across, across the country or you know, across, the, uh, across the pond, all these meetups, all these matches. But uh, my health is holding up so far. We've got, 48 hours left or no, not even 24 hours left. Can we do it? Can we, can we get to the gauntlet? We're almost there. Uh, One last update uh, talking about healthy living. Um, We never have received so much feedback in our podcast history as when we put out the call for best curry in England. We haven't had really a minute, but to eat like uh, sandwiches that we get at the train stations. So we haven't managed to make it to uh, any curry houses. No brick claim. We got good recommendations for Leicester being the home of great curry in England. And also no cheeky Nando's for us. So we're just going to come back and have to do a straight up, no football, just food tour of England. Straight up curry trip of England. All right. Thank you all for listening. Back with the normal podcast next week. Thank you to everyone we met in the UK. See you in a week. Oku forever. <laughs>